Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sleep Suplex Retweet. Hello, hello, hello everyone, you're back listening to Saturday Draft Live, it is myself, Jack Graham, you're listening to Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, anywhere you get your podcast, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet is on it, with Saturday Draft Live, with Central, with our feature shows, with East Meets West, anything that we do is all on there, but also check out our YouTube channel, we've got Book It, that'll be starting again soon, we've got the latest quiz showdown, which I defended my championship, also, it's been a few weeks now, but I won't spoil the result for you, so you better go and check if I keep that championship or not. As always, joined here by David Hockney. David, how are we doing? How do you, Jack? Uh, I think you should rename yourself to Zerka HD with that hello, hello, hello style entrance there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I digress. It's, uh, it's a good channel. Check it out. Well, we're not plugging other shite. We're plugging our own <laughs> shite. Unfortunately, David Campbell can't be with us today. He is sick in his deathbed. So we wish him all the best. But we need to welcome someone else to the party. The SDL party. Ross McLeod, welcome, my friend. <sighs> typical, typical Campbell. Running from McLeod. Just, mm-hmm. just typical. Just absolutely. T- no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. And fortunately, Campbell's not here. Uh, so... Here's to a better show. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, as, as we always do, we go with our top three. But we'll stick with you, Ross, because you've 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 picked a commentator this season as well. And in third place is Tony Schiavone in twelve points for Gary Kernan. Obviously, you've picked Beth Phoenix. What's obviously I don't know if that was part of your strategy or not after what happened with the, at the end of the selection show this season. But what, what what do you make of commentators being in the draft in general? <clears throat> I, I feel like I need to kind of take part of the blame. You know, I, I picked a occasional wrestler, mostly manager, Selena Vega, and I believe season five. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opened people's eyes to different possibilities. And now it's kind of went, well, hold on a minute. It's, you know, there's commentators there. We could we could pick them. They, they occasionally wrestle, some of them. And I think... Uh, I think it's been taken a bit too far this season. I think uh, I think a rule should be in place that if it's not a say like a Wade Barrett or a Beth Phoenix who it's not out of the realms of possibility that he could wrestle, I don't think you should be able to pick them. So the likes of Michael Cole, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, I think they should they should be off the table uh, in future like in future drafts. I think. If we're going to say backstage interviews can't be picked, then well, that's essentially what color commentators, so play-by-play commentators are. Yeah, I think I think I'm on the position that I would only I should. I'm happy with that with ma- managers of wrestlers being selected, and obviously the likes of Adam Pierce as well. But I think anyone else, uh, I, I don't think should be allowed. Obviously, I, I, I'm I'm fine with folk taking them, obviously because that's it's in the rules. So to do what you need to do, but I I, I don't think it should be. In place going forward, but obviously that's it's if we just kind of look at Gary's team here for a wee bit with Tony, uh, how Tony's doing, he's in thirty four points, and I think as the fourth round goes for selection wise by everyone, that's the best pick going. So it's obviously someone that's proved dividends for Gary right now. But Dave, I'll come to you with uh, second place and thirteen points. My tag team 
mm-hmm. the Young Bucks. Obviously, back back to the kickoff show when I when I picked the Young Bucks, it, it raised some eyebrows a bit. With it, it kind of felt like a a tag team that had to prove themselves considering previous performances. But we can see them now. They broke into the top ten on thirty two points. I believe they're the third uh, highest picked tag team in regards to points. Jing is a pick that's proved dividends here. Yeah, the Young Bucks are always a safe bet when it comes to picking a tag team because they're always featured in some form of, you know, title match or whether it's, you know, being part of the elite. They're always going to make show face on AEW in one way or another. And, you know, they always put out consistent matches on TV and pay-per-view. So there's no surprise that they're in the top the top three this weekend with double or nothing happened this past weekend. That retention over Moxley and Kingston has done wonders for your team in particular, Jack. And as you mentioned, they've now broken into the top 10 as a result. So it's uh, it's been a very, very good week for the Bucks, uh, especially when they've had a fairly sort of uh, quiet season thus far. Yeah, it's like that's that's them over 30 points. I believe they're the second highest scoring in my team. So I'm, yep, 32 I'm, points. Very, I'm very happy, but obviously... Our number one this week, Sarah's Sarah's top scorer, but Britt Baker. She was on twenty six points last week, and now after winning the AEW Women's Championship, Ross, she is on nineteen points this week and forty five points overall, breaking into that top ten of the season as well. As as women picks go, I believe she was picked for Sarah uh, in the. Second round, yeah, second round. Because Christian Cage went first. It's quite quite a good pick for your second round there. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think we've seen this season a lot of people picked a woman first because there is less um, there's less women that are going to get you more points than there are male competitors. So sometimes if you're a bit further down the pecking order, you might have to go, right, I'll, I'll pick a, a female pick first and go strong with the female picks and hope your male picks sort of get enough TV time. Whereas, uh, like, you know, if you leave it to the last round, you're doing what I did, and I'm picking Beth Phoenix in round five because there's no other consistently strong females available. Um, good pick, good week for Britt Baker, but we see this with EW picks every draft. There's not many... There's not many pay-per-views, uh, and there's not as fre- sorry, pardon me. There's not as frequently uh, defended titles as there are in WWE. So every so often we get these these wee weeks where you know it's like, oh god, that was a great pick. But then when you look at it over the whole season, you're like, actually, more consistently, just to pick, you know, insert women's name here. You know what I mean? on a WWE side of things. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. It's always, it's that, you you know with WWE, you're kind of, you're getting the consistency with, obviously, pay-per-views coming every month and with AEW and sometimes NXT when your pay-per-views are kind of sporadically, it's hard to get that consistency with the, with the points for your picks, but we're seeing it with some in there that's in the top 10. Obviously, you've got your Britt Baker, Tony, you've got Young Bucks. It's, You've got to take your chance, and if it works out for you, it's great. If not, you move on. But I think it's the first time this season we've seen the top three dominated by AEW, which mm-hmm. is a, a nice sight to see, considering what we did our wee, our wee spot analysis last week, Dave, on how AEW was performing. And obviously that's just 
bumped yep. that right up. And it's evident in the points as well, you know, well, of the overall table, I should say, because all three top three picks have actually just broken into the top uh, 10 this season as well. And AEW has accumulated the most total points over all of our draftees with 992 and a half points, which makes up just over 36% of the overall points scored. There we go. Aye. And now move on to our league table and our uh, ever-present at the bottom this season, uh, Scott McLeod, 68.5 points. I'm sure he's working away at his transfer plan strategy of how he wants to go because he'll have the first pick every day and every round. So it'll be, it, it, could it could it prove fortunes for him? We'll wait and see in a couple of weeks. But uh, a near 20-point gap on 86 points, David Campbell, Hockney, yourself, you're two points ahead of Campbell on 88, with Ross just one point above you in 89. Ryan O'Gleish, sixth position, 19.5 points. Then we see roughly a 17-point gap up to Sarah Grieve on 108 points. Then we see another bit of a gap to Gary, who's fourth on 121 points. You've got Ryan Gallagher, 130 points in third place. Then a 13-point gap to Stephen Wilson on 143 and then a 32-point gap. Oh, it feels so good to myself. Number one at the top of the humble list, 175 points. I am very happy after what Stephen Wilson may have considered a slow week a couple of weeks ago when I was only 12 points ahead of him. Now I've extended that to 32. Yeah, you well, got to thank the young. You got to thank the young bucks for that one. I, I think I've got to thank young bucks. They also put one on the defence. Adam Page won the uh, double or nothing, then Young mm-hmm. Bucks won last night as well. It's all tickety boo, and obviously Drew got ten points, so he just missed out in the top ten. Then any other week, he probably would have been in the top ten. But we, we speak about Drew enough, but that's I, I I can't keep going on about how well I'm doing. We need we need to go and we need to see how the Leicester's league's getting on. So Dave, take it away. Yes, and I can tell you though, I mean. A few weeks ago, we said the listeners' league looked like a bit of a runaway, but in the last sort of week, it's now becoming a lot more competitive than we originally thought. So, breaking into the top five, we have a few returning names. Some have fallen out of the top five compared to last week, but we have a new entry now with JP with shirts and balls out in fifth place on 147. Now, what's helped him out this week is obviously Britt Baker. His second round pick won the AEW Women's Championship, as for mentioned. And then his fourth round pick, Tony Schiavone, as we mentioned, also gets scoring big points here. His captain is currently Charlotte Flair, who at the minute, you know, is, as we mentioned, always in the, the Women's Championship scene. And his team cap, well, his tag team is also the New Day, who have also broken into the top 10 as well. So he's had a very, very slow burner over the last weekend. Those AEW points from Britt Baker is what's helping him out. Then we come to a regular returnee to the top five, Tom Brock in fourth place with the Tilburg Trappers, 152 points. Now, this is one of many people in the Listeners League who has Drew McIntyre as their team captain, and that's what's keeping uh, Tom ahead here. But what helped him out this week was Adam Page, his round three pick scoring, scoring a big win over Brian Cage. Now, his tag team is also the Young Bucks as well, so that's... Uh, a couple of wins this week as well is also keeping him afloat. But even with one person short with uh, Daniel Bryan, you know, not being on SmackDown anymore, Tom is still hanging in there. He's getting wins where it matters most. And he's keeping his he's keeping his uh, possession here in the top five. Just half a point ahead of him. Now, this is where uh, we'll go into the top uh, top three here. And how do we start? Any sign of a good uh, of a good night is with a pair of Johnnies. So uh, third place, we've got Johnny Napier with Nehasso Brasso on 152 and a half, just half a point of head on Tom. 
Now, his big point scorer this week was Apollo Crews, his team captain, with a successful intercontinental title retention against Kevin Owens. Uh, and now, Apollo Crews has been an absolute standout this season so far. He's currently third place overall and one of the big scorers. Not to mention that Johnny's team is also the Young Bucks, who, as we've said, was a big, uh, a big scorer as well. Uh, Tony Schiavone, again, appear- appearing once again. But what I think is letting Johnny down, though, is Sasha Banks has yet to make an appearance and Kyle O'Reilly is his fifth-round pick. Still not scoring as many as we'd hoped, but he's getting there. Then, moving on to second place, Johnny Adam, Bam Bam Gigolos, uh, 161 points. Now, the the Young Bucks are actually Johnny's captain, so he was getting massive points uh, as a result of the, the Young Bucks' very successful week. And Britt Baker is also his... Uh, his second round pick, so he was getting big points from the from the women's title win. Not to mention as well that with the inner circle, the Vieton Pinnacle and the Stadium Stampede, his last round pick of Chris Jericho is giving them that little extra boost there. So he's doing pretty well overall. Uh, LA Knight, I think, is going to be his uh, his low scorer. He's not doing as as well as any of us would hoped there. But once again, in number one place, only 11 points ahead of Johnny. So the gap's getting smaller. It's Ross Brady with the talented Mrs. Ripley. Now, we've been banging on about how well Ross has been doing this season. And just looking at his uh, his team here, it's a recurring theme we have seen here with Britt Baker obviously scoring big there. But his team captain, Damian Priest, has had a bit of a quiet, a quiet week lately. But... What I think has really helped him out, though, is AJ and Omos successfully retaining the Raw Tag Team titles as well. So he's holding he's holding first place still, but he's not scoring as big as compared to some of the other guys in the top five, largely because of a much heavier AEW presence on their teams. So at this stage, I think the Listeners League is becoming a lot more competitive, and double or nothing has certainly closed the gap for a few of the a few of the competitors. And with Hell in a Cell coming up, you know, we could see you know, the talented Mrs. Ripley gain further traction, or we might see the gap close a bit more if Charlotte Flair uh, pulls off a win. So with that, that's the Listener's League, and I'll hand it back to you, Jack. Well, it's all, it's all happening there, but we'll, we'll get on to the, the the part of the show that Ross McLeod, Roscoe, the, the one-man band for Central, is is here. Is here. We're going to be talking about, about his team. Uh, we'll, we'll ask you a couple of questions, Ross. We'll, we'll go about... Your strategy, where you where you're picking, because I believe you picked seventh overall at the tens. You're a, a bit low down. Uh, maybe some transfer window insight about what you want to take through. But I'll go I'll go through your 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 team's points and where they rank overall. So it was a new day, uh, thirty four points. I believe they are your your captains. Is that is that correct? Yeah, yeah. They're just a consistently like as you said, picking seventh. I, I had a very you know, as you can tell from my team uh, and my position at the table, I had a very mid-card uh, heavy team. And I'm like, right, I need somebody who's consistently going to make loads of appearances. And if it's not in the title scene, consistently going to get loads of wins. And I'm like, ah, you know what, fuck it, we're just going to do. I think, especially with, especially in your day, I think recently, the past three, four weeks, they've proved very, very, very useful Considering they're in, they've been in, intertwined with this RK Bro thing going on, but then all of a sudden Kofi's also like in the mix for this WWE title shot, and wherever Kofi goes, Woods follows. So you're you're picking up like I think you're just you're just each of the weeks we're just missing out in the top three with the new day, and they were just getting about like eight points a show. 
because I don't think they were winning their matches because I was a lot of it was just singles stuff, but they were appearing like four times. So it was, again, I expect it's very good for you. But you've got Charlotte Flair, 21 points, 18th overall. Edge on zero points, 15th overall. And that will be an interesting conversation to have. Kevin Owens on nine points is 46th overall. Kushida, 17 points, is 24th overall. And Beth Phoenix on eight points, which is 51st overall. Now, Ross, I'm going to ask you about Edge. Your second round pick, zero points, coming off the loss at WrestleMania. I don't know if you thought he was going to be a regular on SmackDown. I don't know if you knew he was going to be taking a break or not, but what was the what was the thinking of taking Edge? Were you feared that someone else was going to take him? And that it was like a, a pick to get off the board? Or is it just that strategy gone wrong? No, I think it's more... Um, I think it's more just making sure I have a, a big hitter. Like, this is going to be a long season. And... You know, I I was prepared for David Campbell being on today and going, but what about the transfer window? But what about the transfer? Right, but you're never guaranteed the transfer window. You know, you could be third when the transfer window comes around and then finish ninth. And it could be the fact that you never got the transfers you wanted. So I wanted Edge. I didn't think he'd take a break. But now that, uh, like, at, at this time, I thought he would be... I thought him and Daniel Bryan were going to go into a feud because that was the rumours that post-mania, like, it's going to be Edge and Bryan. And now that WWE are going to be bringing crowd backs, sorry, bringing back crowds, and they have just released, you know, six very talented individuals, they're going to need names. So I think you'll see Edge on TV more... More in the near future, I think he may be, may be in the Money in the Bank match. And, you know, I wouldn't be against him winning that. You know, certainly wouldn't be because he's on my team. So it could end up paying off in the long run, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, I, I've heard David Campbell on this show. Like, I mean, there was other picks at second round. There was other picks at second round. Right, we're not even at the halfway mark of the season. Let me know, let me know how it is at the end of the season. And then we can say that was a failure or you know what that ended up working out perfectly for you well, what I'm getting from that is that Edge Edge might not be leaving your team after that week and you're hoping mm-hmm. for a wee SummerSlam revival that's that's very interesting I kind of I kind of respect it in a way but I'll, I'll, I'll ask another question about your team then I'll hand over to the to the good David Hockney I'll ask about Kevin Owens Nine points yes. 46 overall obviously he's been very very much in amongst this uh Intercontinental title rivalry. Obviously, it was it was assumed that Money in the Bank would happen in June, but that's now July, and hell, the sales been brought forward. Obviously, the big if uh, when you watch Talking Smack, Kevin Owens is on regular, and he's always kind of speaking to Paul Heyman about how he's going to win Money in the Bank. He's going to come back for the Universal Title. Was that was that kind of part of your thinking that Owens a good viable candidate to win Money in the Bank? So for that longevity of the season, it could it could help you near the end. I thought uh, originally that Kevin Owens was going to continue his Sami Zayn feud. I didn't think that was that was over. I thought it was going to be more more singles matches. Um, something I've talked about on Central was praising the Intercontinental Title scene and about how there's you know there's a lot of people in and around that title scene. The only annoying thing there is if you've got people in and around that title scene, you're going to have people trading wins and losses. 
And unfortunately, Kevin Owens is doing just that. You know, he's he's winning a tag match one week and then he's he's losing in the title match the next week and then he's, you know, winning by DQ and making loads of appearances one week and then losing an Intercontinental title singles match the next week and it's just kind of like the, the ebb and flow. If, if they win the title, sort of like Kushida, it ends up being worth it. But at the minute, it's a bit, you know... It's good TV that there's lots of people in and around that scene, but it's bad for if you've got a draft pick and one of those guys is in it. Aye, that's that's absolutely fair enough. I've, my, I've that's all your questions for me, Your Honour, uh, David Hockney. <laughs> uh, I called call myself to the stand here. Now, Ross, I want to ask you about Kushida. Now, as we've seen in past seasons, you know, Kushida, Kushida's kind of just been there, but he's never quite, you know, sort of been a big hitter when it came to to draft scoring. Now he's sort of somewhere in the middle of the of the pack here, but as the as the cruiserweight champion, he had a successful defense this week and he's getting a lot more exposure on NXT these days. Do you think um if you added the captaincy to him, you would have actually ended up scoring the same points as New Day. Do you think there's a possibility that if Kushida continues to get more exposure and defends the title more frequently, is there a chance that you could potentially switch the captaincy to him? No, no. Uh, Kushida is, I believe I picked him fourth, didn't I? Yep, fourth place, yep. Yeah. He was, he was coming out of the, I thought he was going to go in, back into the, what do you call it? 205 Live? No, no, back into the feud with uh, Pete Dunne. He had just lost at the takeover, so I thought, right, there's at least one big win coming my way, and then they'll have the blow-off match, and then Lo and behold, he goes and wins the Cruiserweight title and starts the Cruiserweight title uh, challenge thing. But the thing with the Cruiserweight title, when Jack, I know you'll know this, because you've picked Santos Escobar before, is there's times where it's very prominent on TV and then without warning, it just drops from the TV and we don't count the points on 205 Live, which I think is ridiculous. Um <laughs> So they'll go with 205 Live for a while and they'll just hang about there and then they'll be back on NXT and Kushida has formed for just disappearing off the face of the earth in NXT, you know, and so does the Cruiserweight title. So when you put the two of them together, yeah, it's nice that there's a couple of title defences, but at the same time, I'm not going to change my captaincy. I'm certainly not going to do it very early on uh, in the season. So no, Kushida's got form for disappearing off TV, as does the Cruiserweight title. So I don't think it'd be a risk I'm willing to take when New Day are, at the moment, not going anywhere. Okay. And speaking of someone who's clearly not, not going anywhere, what about Charlotte Flair? I mean, she's been in and around the Raw Women's title picture, as as, as Charlotte Flair does. Uh, and she's got a title match against Rhea Ripley at Hell in a Cell. Are you confident that she could uh, walk away again, with the, the women's title, and do you think that will influence any potential captaincy changes in the future? Maybe if she starts getting booked more um, more dominantly. You know, she's a bit more arrogant, but slipping up and making mistakes at the minute. Um, but it's Charlotte Flair, so you know she's always going to be booked strongly, and you know she's always, you know, they've, they've done it before and just gave her the title with no build, no storyline, so there's no 
there's no better woman's pick to have, in my opinion, than a Charlotte Flair because you're more likely than anyone else to get the title. Like, mm-hmm. you know, at a moment's notice, they, they generally could just move her to SmackDown and take it off Bianca Belair because Charlotte is the sort of, like, John Cena of the women's division. She will just, at a moment's notice, win the title. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She's a secure pick. She's always going to be on TV multiple times. So, you know, there's weeks where she won't wrestle, but she'll be on TV five, six times. And you're, you know, that's you, that's you six points up and no losses. So if I was going to change my captaincy, it'd probably be Charlotte Flair. But at the minute, there's no captaincy change because the new day are everywhere. Fair enough. Uh, no further questions, Jack. So we've already spoke a bit about uh, uh, Beth Phoenix at the start, so I won't I won't ask any any questions already on that. But I'll, I'll I have a couple just re- regarding your position in the table right now. So you're seventh, but you know from sixth to ninth, it's very tight, and that kind of that 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 section changes like almost weekly with who's sixth and who's ninth. Because Sarah's managed to kind of build a bit of a gap now with a uh, double or nothing with the transfer window coming up. You're you're currently in the in the, the top half of that sixth to ninth position, being seventh. Would you would you want to see yourself falling down a bit so you've got a better chance of getting folk you might want in the transfer window, or are you happiest to play for position right now? Nah, I'm I'm happy to play for position. I I comfortably don't think I'm winning this season unless Edge comes back and just goes in a tear and like owns wins the IC title. Like, can I just get, you know, team champion that just drives me over the line? But I, this team's got potential to get me higher and higher up the list or a comfortable mid-table finish, you know. I'm not interested in, you know, put as we do the transfer windows, it'll be all free agents because nobody wants to sell, you know. You're not going to sell to David Campbell. Scott's not going to sell to Stephen Wilson. Hibs will not sell Scott Allen to Rangers. It's just, <laughs> there's, there's the, we, we call it the transfer window. We really should just call it the redraft because nobody wants to trade with like a uh, trade wrestlers. You know, you got a message for David Campbell. You just ignore it at this time of year. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to transfer any of my people because it was a fifth round pick Beth Phoenix, she's my low scorer. She's going to be on TV every week and then occasionally she'll do multiple interview segments with women who are debuting or women who have just made a big match, had a big match. I've still got Edge to come back. Owens is in and around the IC title picture. We've mentioned Charlotte Flair's always, you know, five minutes away for winning a title. The New Day are always five minutes away for winning a tag title. If Vince McMahon decides tomorrow, you know what, I've kind of went off almost they're going to throw the title on the new day. Like, they're that team. So, I have championship implications all the way through my team. Not performing as well as I like at the minute, but, you know, I don't think there'll be any any transfer change, changes uh, to my team. I think, I think on that, it's... Uh... I won't lie, I'm, I'm surprised at that. I, I, I thought you would, but I, I, I respect that you're back in the picks that you made and you're wanting to see it to the very end. So, yeah, but I, fair enough. And I think I think on that note, that is a Saturday draft live ended 
for this week. So before we before we wrap up, I think as well, um, should Edge come back to TV or, or say I'm say I'm comfortably mid table or say say I have a good run and end up fourth? Are you trying to tell me people I might have dumped like the New Day or Charlotte Flair or the Cruiserweight Champion Kushida or consistently challenging for taxi title Kevin Owens or Edge? When he makes a comeback, you try to tell me they aren't people that are going to get snapped up. You know what I mean? So my transfer policy is less about seeing it out to the end and more just being a petty bastard and you can't have my things. These are my toys. <laughs> you can't play with my toys. My toys are my toys. <laughs> I'm always a big fan of penis. I'm, I'm, I'm quite well, petty. It's, it's, it's what gets me out of bed in the morning. I'd be petty. <laughs> I'm, I'm only petty on, uh, on certain things. Well, there we go. That's that's SDL ended. Ross, thank you for coming on on the show. I'm sorry David Campbell couldn't be here to, to ask you some questions as well. I'm sure you enjoyed that interaction. Oh, it's been an absolute delight. I'll come on next week if he's no here. <laughs> Hockney, as always, thank you for thank you for being here. Thank you, Jack. And thank you to the listeners for listening, as always. And you'll see us next week. David Campbell should be returned. We should be talking about how NXT picks are doing, because I, I believe takeovers next weekend. So there's a lot to look forward to. And we'll see you then. Goodbye. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello guys, welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell and in this show you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.